Roseanne last night, and uh, she couldn't get a hold of you yet, and wasn't sure she'd be able to, so I told her I'd come by and just check up. Oh, you mean check up on me? Like, I couldn't handle it. Well, you, I came Crystal, over what are you trying to say? I'm not trying to say anything. Well, it sounds like you are. I'm tired of everybody thinking I can't handle everything. I might not do everything exactly the way Roseanne would do it if Roseanne was here, or the way that you would do it if you were here, but I think I can handle three kids for three days. Welcome to Gimmicks, a podcast about the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking gimmick episodes of TV. From musicals to noirs to episodes without its lead title character that becomes strangely relevant 30 years later. I'm Derek B. Gale, and who's with me today? I am back once again, uh, fresh off of a recording about Power Rangers, and now uh, Kevin BridgeMT is back in the game. Yeah, very very different show than Power Rangers. I know. That's for sure. <laughs> well, it's good to be back. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Now, hey, Kevin, what sounds like a better meal? Late night pot roast and potatoes with a glass of milk or French toast and bacon that you have to eat with your hands while driving into work? Oh, girl, it's the pot roast. Like, I've been craving it so bad lately. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like pot roast, but man, that pot roast in that episode, in this episode, does not look very good. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I I'm mean, not sure I'm feeling it. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it was also a pot roast made by somebody for the first time that people don't regard as a typical cook. cook. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But um, the milk, though, yeah, mm. <laughs> the milk. No, I can't do. Can't. Nope. 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 Really? Nope. Nope. I like milk, but not with pot roast on the side. Like not, yeah, not like with dinner. I can't. I know that's like a thing on TV. I so can't do that. That I mean, okay. So this is like going to be part of what we talk about this episode. Like that's the kind of thing me and my family do. Like I'm not. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like we do pot roast and we do milk with it, or we do like hamburger steak and we do it with milk so um yeah, <laughs> it's a real thing. I did that when I was a kid, but like. Not after a while. It was very early that like I stopped doing it. I just can't like I've seen it on TV and it's like <laughs> spaghetti and meatballs and a glass of milk. And it's like, what? Why? I, what are you doing? I, st- I still do it in my 30s with certain meals. So. <laughs> wow. Well, I learned something today that that is not just a TV thing. It's not. Cool. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> we are talking about Roseanne season two, episode mm-hmm. 15 entitled an officer and a gentleman. Yes. For those who are unfamiliar with Roseanne, um, just a, there's going to be a lot of background stuff that we'll get into, but for the, the briefest of rundowns, yes. um, it was a very popular sitcom. Yeah. And in its original run, it aired on ABC from 1988 to 1997, mm-hmm. uh, originally for nine seasons. Mm-hmm. It was created by Matt Williams, who's known for creating Home Improvement and writing on a number of popular 80s sitcoms. And of course, Roseanne Barr herself. Uh, who at the time was uh, early in her career as a stand-up comedian. Yes. The premise of the show follows Roseanne Connor, played by Roseanne, and her working-class family, which includes Dan, played by John Goodman, and Sister Jackie, Mm -hmm. played by Lori Metcalf, uh, living on a limited income in a small town in Illinois. And uh, that's pretty much really just the premise. It's considered one of the first sitcoms to 
very realistically portray a blue collar family mm-hmm. with like two working two working parents, um, like very realistic like set design and things like that. Yeah. And it also just broke tons of barriers. Very progressive. Dealt with a lot of like provoc then provocative issues, <laughs> and usually dealt with them relatively realistically in ways that no other sitcoms were doing. Mm-hmm. And also like broke new ground with having multiple openly queer characters in the cast as well. Mm-hmm. So it was an instant hit. Um, one of the highest rated and most popular sitcoms like just yeah. ever during its original run, um, like right from the get go. Mm-hmm. It was a hit. Um, and it really wasn't until kind of towards the very end of it that it started kind of petering out uh, consistently listed on greatest TV show lists mm-hmm. all over the place. And all of that is like in spite of like a controversial final season and all sorts of behind the scenes troubles mm-hmm. um, that, of course, we're going to get into. And and of course, there's like notoriously one very popular revival season in 2018 that mm-hmm. uh, though it was popular, it was canceled and re- retooled without Barr's involvement into the Connors, which is currently mm-hmm. in its fourth season. Yeah. Again, we'll get into all that stuff. But <laughs> before we do, before we do, Kevin, what is your personal history with Roseanne? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I... I grew up with the show like I I can barely remember watching it as as it aired but then I really watched more of it on like Nick at Night because as I mentioned before sure. I think when I was on gimmicks last time uh, I was a Nick at Night kid like I grew up with all of those sitcoms you know I remember mm-hmm. like being I remember being like a five-year-old kid and like they would have that little bumper that's like okay it's gonna be Nick at Night kids go to bed and I'd be excited for that like I watched <laughs> no I mean <laughs> like seriously I yeah, grew up no, yeah. yeah no I get like, it I, yeah, I love too. yeah I love Lucy uh Brady Bunch uh Jefferson's mm-hmm. all in the family like that's what I watched and so once Roseanne finally became in the late I think it was like the mid-2000s they finally like hit that point where it could be put on Nick at Night yeah. Um, I remember that's when I got into it even more and started rewatching it. Um, I know my parents kind of like yeah. loved it when I was a kid. And then once more of the queer content started coming in, they started like distancing themselves from it. So that's why I remember that too. But it really was something that like, even now as an adult, I mean, I rewatch it from time to time. Um, like you said, it was one of the first sitcoms to show a blue collar family where like mom and dad both worked they you know they were overweight they weren't conventionally attractive like they weren't a perfect family and it was very much a small low-income family which that's my background that's what you know i grew up in a small town and you know we weren't like we were we were okay but like you know we struggled like other families did in the city and it just there's been so many beats of that show that reflect my life so it's like when you were like who eats milk with pot roast i was like that's what i do but like in all seriousness though like there were like beats of certain story arcs in the show that like actually happened in my life with certain family members and you know Mm -hmm. it it just always has had a special place in my heart uh for the writing the humor like i i could literally just it's like the nanny for me i could rewatch that show so many times and Despite certain controversies and despite certain issues, um, I am actively watching the Connors. I am caught up on it. I am excited for season five and you know, it's going to be a good time. So yeah, that's my little sure. history of Roseanne. What about yeah. you? It's, it's not that different. I, I was never, um, I don't think I was ever as big of a fan as I think you were mm-hmm. uh, well, not. I shouldn't, that makes it sound like I didn't like the show much more <laughs> among like the kind of sitcoms that were, around in the 90s and then were sort of the ones that I would watch growing up and whatnot. Right. That wasn't at the, usually at the top of my list necessarily. Yeah. Um, but it was always one that I think I had a lot of appreciation for yeah. and I've only grown in appreciation for the older I've gotten. Exactly. And like 
it was kind of unavoidable, right? Like it was such a big hit that like once it did hit syndication and once it was on Nick yeah. at Night, like Nick at Night ran the shit out of it. So yes, like did. you couldn't avoid it. <laughs> yeah, like even today you, <laughs> you still like to. well, it's really funny because for a little while you could because it got pulled from so many networks after certain controversies yeah. we'll talk about later. But um like even now, like CMT runs it like all the time. Like it's one of those I think it runs they run it in like home improvement and sometimes like which is kind of funny because I didn't realize that uh you know he had made roseanne and home improvement um yeah but yeah like it so if you want to know how much this show has affected my sense of humor and how much i love it regardless <laughs> i'm going to spill some tea that i haven't really told many people and so i hope you appreciate this okay my so you know we all think sometimes like we watch tv shows and we're like oh i could do that so i do that with drag race sometimes and sure. do you want to know who my snatch game character would be if i got on drag race hmm Yes, I do want to know. It would be Roseanne Connor. Okay. Like chicken I mean, sh- chicken shirt and all, the long wig. Oh, perfect. And what I would yeah. do is I would play her like as, you know, that really sardonic for a little bit and then midway through mm-hmm. turn into this like right wing conspiracy theorist Trump supporter and just be like, yeah, for some reason I like Trump now. <laughs> like that's that's my plan. So if I ever get on Drag Race. It's a good pull. That's, that's a good a great idea right that would be what it is like i would be very progressive at the start and then midway through just like all of a sudden you know yeah rose <laughs> yeah i mean no it works roseanne just as a person is just such an interesting personality and just such she an is interesting yes character. like she's a fascinating yeah. person you know in in good and bad mm-hmm. ways but i think fascinating nevertheless and like i th- mean For that's sure. and it's that's it's it's so frustrating because it's like that is all her sort of big personality that she has is obviously a big part of the reason why this show works and is so attractive yeah. to people, right? Like like right. you know, for one, just seeing a strong woman on TV and the way that she is, mm-hmm. where it is just like unapologetically herself. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I remember with this show is that Roseanne did remind me of my own mom in certain ways. Like my yeah. mom was never kind of as caustic as Roseanne would be, but, <laughs> but like the way that Roseanne and her whole, all of the Connors are like mm-hmm. so unafraid of just being super sarcastic with each other and teasing each other, but always doing yeah. it in such a way that like, you knew that there was love behind it. You know, mm-hmm. like there would be times my mom's just like, I don't feel like cooking tonight. Y'all, y'all aren't stupid. Do it yourselves. Like that kind of thing, like that kind of vibe. And and I think that that's a really, that that's a really relatable thing, especially for working parents, you know, when both of your parents are working, which is not a thing Mm -hmm. you really saw much on sitcoms before sort of this point. And like, I know for me, this wasn't a show that I, I think the only reason I wasn't watching it like obsessively was Mm -hmm. as a kid really was just because I think my parents weren't watching it a ton, probably partially because, you know, it, it, the once the queer content kicks in, it's just like, whoa, yeah. no, we're not touching that. But also because I feel like there were kind of like dueling shows between Roseanne and Married with Children because both of them were sort of like, yeah. look at the how real families, real low income yeah. families really are. And for my family, Married with Children kind of won out with them because it was a wackier and edgier show. And I think that that's just what they were kind of attracted to. Yeah. And Roseanne, I mean, it would eventually get very very wacky but in a different way <laughs> yeah well and it's so funny you mentioned married with children because i'm pretty sure i mean i was doing some research before we recorded today didn't roseanne audition for peggy bundy i i feel I like that's something i, that I read makes, about yeah that sounds right i feel like either that she makes sense. yeah which also makes it very 
freaking hilarious when you see i don't know have you watched the connors or have you kept up with it i've watched yeah i watched the first season of it but i haven't i haven't seen beyond that but i know that katie seagal is on it now oh no she is so do you want some spoilers yeah yeah, i know what you're gonna say but you go spoiler 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 it up it's the fact that like katie seagal marries dan like he remarries and yeah now they live together and like it it's really 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 surreal and so like it's i love it because i also grew up watching married children and i love Mm -hmm. katie seagal she is fabulous and she's great that's a great choice i think she fits in she fits in with the vibe of that she does so well yeah yeah it was really funny because she had her show uh rebel on abc for a little bit and then it got canceled and like i'm pretty sure like the the connor's team like swooped in and they were like we want you to stay please stay yeah um and so they got married this season and like it was a really interesting dynamic seeing that and john goodman of course is always fabulous but anyway yes yeah it's funny it's funny you mentioned that (laughs) nothing in the world is more rewarding than motherhood you teach you love you care you nurture and you watch them grow stronger, healthier, and more lovely every day. Excuse me. How many times do I have to tell you no fighting in the house? Anyway, the best part about raising a family is that your husband's always there, day in, day out. Oh, he's more than just my partner and my lover. He's my soulmate. She's Donna Reed. What did I tell you about killing your brother in the living room? June Cleaver. Yeah, I looked in the mirror and I'm getting and Harriet Nelson. This is why some animals eat their young. Rolled into one. I like it. Finally, a real mother comes to television. Roseanne premieres next. I have a couple of weird things with Roseanne with me, just with my experience with it, because I think that the first time I really like saw it and kind of understood what it was outside of it just being like a sitcom that my parents watch sometimes, but not all the time, mm-hmm. was... Yeah. In high school, I did the summer film program, mm-hmm. and one of the classes that I took was a hi- the history of sitcoms, mm-hmm. which is a really cool class. And it was literally just kind of picking out a sitcom kind of from different decades or of different kinds of sitcoms. And of course, Roseanne was huge. So that was one right. of the ones that they picked out as sort of representative of like how like low income households are portrayed and like realistic sitcoms, essentially. And I think it was the episode, it was an early one where Roseanne is giving Darlene the talk um is it the Mm -hmm. talk or is it her first period i don't remember which one it is i think so yeah yeah but i either way just the way that it was like so aptly handled and like Mm -hmm. i just remember roseanne just like her whole reaction of being so awkward with talking to her own children and it's just like i remember the whole class was just kind of like riveted by it and i think you know watching it academically like like Mm -hmm. that i think you realize like this sitcom is doing a lot, like especially once you watch it yeah. compared to the ones the ones that come before it. Like plenty of sitcoms in the 80s would do your very special episodes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the way that Roseanne would sort of handle these things where they wouldn't sound preachy, it would it would just sound yeah. like this is what would happen if a mom and a daughter had this awkward conversation. <laughs> and like yeah. and and I think that people would really. Yeah, I think that that kind of thing just really resonates with people seeing that represented on mm-hmm. screen, which it makes me think of like I actually was watching some clips before we recorded and I don't know. There was the episode where like their power went out and like I was thinking about that one, too, anyway, in general, because like it was something you didn't see in many sitcoms, which like the fact that the family couldn't pay their bills. And so they lost their power for a, a couple of nights because right. 
they didn't have the money, but it was uh, similar in vain to Roseanne talking to, to Darlene about the period it was her talking about like sex because David like slept over and, you know, they fell asleep. They forgot and they didn't do anything. But she was like, no, you I'm not stupid. You'd really you really think that you couldn't like have sex quietly without us knowing 20 feet away. And then Dar- <laughs> and then Darlene just retorts back and she's like, you can't. And I'll have to send you the clip later. But yeah, she was like, I had to tell David that you were moving furniture. And then like Roseanne, like, and Roseanne plays off it really well. And like, it's just really well done. So like things like that's that. So I good. Think. Yeah. Yeah. Just the the frankness like, of everything. Cause like, that's how a yeah. lot of, I mean, not every family is like that, but a lot more families are like that than not. I, I feel like. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, there are so many families from my hometown that I knew in high school and middle school that were like, they were the Connors made over. Yeah. And I think too, like as a, as an older queer man now, like seeing that queer representation that yeah. Roseanne pushed for, I mean, let's talk about the fact that, you know, Roseanne had one of the first major lesbian kisses on tele- mm-hmm. primetime television. The fact that, you know, there were prominent queer characters, like you mentioned, the fact that Roseanne herself, like in character, planned a wedding for two gay men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, like, you know, the the lesbian kiss episode has Roseanne like confronting yeah. her own internalized homophobia, too, which yeah. is a concept that like. I feel like even now people struggle to understand how to talk yeah. about like you can be as progressive as you want. That doesn't mean you're not still mm-hmm. going to have these kind of unconscious yeah. biases inside of you that come out exactly. at the worst times, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So it's all fabulous. Like it's just, it's really yeah. good looking back on it despite certain struggles and issues right. that they had. I, I And I, I think I, uh, I did a pretty hefty watch through of it a few years ago it was like uh-huh. it was like coincidentally like right before they announced the revival so i was like well that's perfect timing um right but but it was weirdly like during this point when it was on netflix but netflix didn't yeah. have like the whole show it had the collections or whatever so it yeah wasn't, it wasn't every episode it was just like a mixture of different episodes sometimes mm-hmm. out of order from different seasons yeah so that was kind of awkward. so i didn't get to see every episode through that watch through yeah. and, and i never uh, tried to after that so there's still chunks of it like this episode that we're talking about i don't think that was pulled in the watch through that i did so Mm -hmm. i don't know if i if i had seen this episode before i i did not remember it at all which was kind of a joy to watch it but all that was to say that like watching it in i don't know like 2016 or 2017 or something like that Mm -hmm. um it was just like it's amazing how well the show holds up and yeah it does yeah like the things that it deals with unfortunately are things that still come up nowadays and tv oftentimes have struggles to talk about nowadays and the things Mm -hmm. that don't hold up like aren't i mean are kind of far and few in between or are just sort of representative of like well it's good that we've sort of moved past that as society and roseanne Mm -hmm. was at least like kind of on the right side of history at that point in time you know (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) well (laughs) Yeah, because I actually, in the lead up to this, I actually rewatched all of season 10, which mm-hmm. I hadn't seen since it aired because yeah. they blacklisted it. Yeah. But Pe- Peacock has all of it now, like seasons mm-hmm. one through 10. And so I watched season 10 over the last week and I realized like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, I, I watched season 10 when it came out just for the curiosity of it, knowing the yeah. stuff behind it. And like it. It definitely wasn't as bad as I, I remember it not being as bad as I expected it to be, but also still being kind of like, it's so clear that everybody's kind of trying to tiptoe around this, like Roseanne herself. And then I think I watched the first season of the Connors also for the curiosity of like, is this Mm going to be a shit show? Is this going to work? And was just kind of pleasantly surprised that it's just like, no, this is pretty good. And then I just never stuck with it. So (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's definitely like. 
it had the Connors has had some issues i think just over time but like it definitely has done a good job of continuing that progressive um realistic look at life and just now with a 2022 filter like it, it actually addresses the pandemic even like they talk about that a lot and yeah nice um, okay yeah so i if you get a chance to watch it it's hard to find apparently on streaming but like if you can catch up on it i recommend it so cool yeah yeah i mean it makes sense everybody like working on that show like is yeah. great like it was it was a stacked cast from from mm-hmm. its original heyday too so i'm not yeah, like all and, those people can carry a show it makes sense yeah like the, it was lightning in a bottle like that cast mm-hmm. is that's an ensemble cast yeah absolutely it totally makes sense and i mean like you see that in this episode that we're talking about mm-hmm. that it's just sort of like could you do this show without your title character without Roseanne is such a big personality. So influential, so important with creating this show and being a part of this show. Could it exist without Roseanne? And like, funny enough, this episode posits like, yes, it can. And then in real Mm -hmm. life, 30 years later, yes, it can. (laughs) Yeah. Real, so bizarre. Although there, <laughs> yeah, although there were some definitely parallels that I realized, like watching it now, that we'll talk about a little bit. That I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." But yeah, so yeah. it's it is interesting to see how that kind of was like the the predictions that were made just without realizing it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's yeah. So let's talk about this this background of the background of this episode, and then there's kind of a through line to where we're at in the present day with with Roseanne as a person. Because, like I said, yeah, the gimmick of this episode the gimmick of this episode is what if Roseanne wasn't around? She's mm-hmm. go- going out of town for a week. She mm-hmm. is in like the first like roughly two minutes of the episode, and then yep. it's gone. There aren't even like cutaways. You don't even hear her over the phone or anything. She is just not yeah. present in the episode at all, and then only is in there for the last like she returns in the end credits tag for like what 30 seconds or something like that mm-hmm. so she's barely in the episode this is mostly a spotlight on jackie her sister Lori metcalf mm-hmm. stepping into the mother role of the family and essentially being like the in the lead role of this episode of television as well um yeah you know, normally she just has to be second to roseanne right so right that alone is an interesting pre- premise right like without mm-hmm. any real world context just the idea of just like casting off your uh, or you know making your mm-hmm. your lead character go away for a bit and just focusing on someone else like that already is an interesting premise what's even yeah. more interesting is that like Roseanne as a person Roseanne Barr mm-hmm. is like just uh, a notoriously hard person to work with right. and that's one of those things where like you hear that about you hear that about a lot of women in show business and oftentimes mm-hmm. most of the time it's just like men not liking women who are trying to stand up for themselves. But right. I, I feel like it's pretty well known and well accepted that like with Roseanne, she is someone who really is just a big personality, very just uh, stubborn and like it committed yeah. to the work that she's doing. And obviously like there's a point when it's like, for your creative integrity, believing in the work that you're doing. And then oftentimes Roseanne would kind of cross over the line and just be a mean person, according to a lot of accounts. So yeah, you can hear a lot of stories, a lot of reports of people of like writers talking about how it was like one of the worst workplaces in television at the time. Yeah. Lots of like writer turnover and everything. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just realizing. Yeah. Roseanne was Dan Harmon before Dan Harmon. Mm. It's in like, that, no, that kind of checks out. And like, what, but what's interesting is I feel like they had kind of opposite trajectories 
Yeah. Because I for feel sure. like Dan Harmon has had an arc where like he has at least said that he was grappling, seems to have been yeah. grappling with that and like yeah. open about his problems and trying to fi- correct them. You know, whether mm-hmm. or not he has, uh, that's up to, that's, that's up for yeah. debate. But like he kind of at least went to the, went in the direction of like recognizing like, yeah, I'm kind of the villain and I want to be better. And Roseanne was just sort of like, no, I'm right. And I'm always right. And then just like went as far off in that direction as you possibly right. could forever <laughs> into the abyss. So yeah. <laughs> that means that when you get an episode, that Roseanne is barely in, it makes sense mm-hmm. that there's going to be rumors that it's sort of like, huh, was that for like a creative reason or was that just, was that a Roseanne reason? Right. Right. And so you pointed this out to me initially and I, and I was, I, so you might have some insight on it too, but we are probably, we're probably both reading roughly the same stuff that probably, like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot, there was rumors that you can find all over the internet that like this episode is, sort of essentially a test pilot to see if they could do the show without Roseanne Mm -hmm. being involved. Most of the rumors that you'll find are kind of predicated on and attributed to creator Matt Williams and Roseanne Barr kind of having a feud, which is, is well known and well documented. In fact, like there was a point where there was an ultimatum and one or the other had to leave and ultimately Williams ended up leaving. Um, So that was a thing that did actually happen. It was that Mm -hmm. bad. But uh, I think the, there's like a CBR article on like TV legends that kind of debunks it. That's like the timeline doesn't really work out because he left like, I think in season one, this is late in season two. There's no way he would have been involved in the production of this particular episode. Yeah. But there are so many stories of Roseanne not getting along with so many writers and creatives that like, it is still entirely possible that somebody was mad and either a writer still wrote this, trying to see if they could do the show without Roseanne or Roseanne just didn't want to work that week. That's also, nobody's confirmed it one way or the other. So, right. Right. (laughs) Well, it's interesting too, because like, you know, there's always been those interviews where people have said like, Oh, so you and John don't get along. And like, you know, Roseanne, John, Lori, um, they all have said, you know, we love working with each other. And you can see that in their chemistry on the show. I think what's also really interesting, though, is the fact that, like, uh, John Goodman has even been quoted as saying this episode in particular is actually one of his favorite episodes because he loves working with Lori. So that's interesting, too, is that he considers this one of his favorites. So I do think that, like, for the rumors that this is, like, a dramatic shift in tone and, like, you know, there was all this drama. Like, I feel like he wouldn't have liked the episode if that was the case, but we we don't know. We We never know. And like, we will talk about it when we're like kind of going through it, but it's like, it's when you're looking at it through the lens of like this being kind of like a a sort of either meta commentary or test on like doing the show without Roseanne, there's Mm -hmm. so many points in it when it's just sort of like almost the show kind of commenting on that, you know, it feels like in this episode or like people just be like, isn't it great that mom's not here? Like that kind of (laughs) stuff all throughout it. And it's like, it could be a coincidence, but it could also be them just being like, yeah, this is going to be better without Roseanne. Like who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That was, that was <laughs> definitely in my notes when I, when I watched this, cause I sat and took notes. Cause like, there's definitely that feeling. Let me talk a little about later. Like they were really trying to, like you said, kind of show, Hey, Jackie's a lot better at this. The family's actually happy. <laughs> so it's yeah. Tuesday, October 16th. There's one thing on everyone's mind. There's no place for the corn holders. No, that ain't it. What's next for the Connors? Damn! 
I thought we should talk about a game plan for Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Well, I say we follow the Connor tradition, spend every dime we have on Halloween, and then we have nothing to be thankful for or buy gifts with. The Connors premieres Tuesday, October 16th on ABC. Obviously, in the original run of Roseanne, she was there the entire time, famously. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that none of that happens. There's no... Nobody kills her off. There's there's no there is no, no secret like coup to get her off the show or anything. All that right. goes normally. So what makes it so interesting in retrospect is when we mm-hmm. get to 2018 mm-hmm. and the show is revived. It's very popular. Yep. It's very successful. Yes. It's like very quickly renewed for a second season. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure people remember. But if you don't, there was a long string of controversy behind Roseanne <sighs> in the lead up to the show. Yeah. Because she sort of very famously came out as like a big far right Trump supporter, mm-hmm. big like conspiracy theory person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was all there and the show went ahead without it. And like you were like Chrono referring to earlier, it like worked it into the her politics were worked into the show where like. Yeah. They made her character a Trump supporter, but like they made that a sort of a source of tension because like other characters were still progressive, like the old days and things. And they yeah. tried to make that a conversation. And they did. I, I will say to the well, to the credit of everyone working on the 10th season, they did. They did try to find nuance in that. Like Roseanne, like they did try to purposely write her not being like a racist and like being open to like gender fluid type things. Yeah. While mm. also being a Trump supporter at the same time. So. Yeah, well, and it, it is hard to because like there were moments where they didn't rain on that because and I, I forgot about some of this when I rewatched it, but like they have an episode where Roseanne like assumes that her Muslim neighbors are terrorists. Yeah, yeah. And is like afraid of them and things like that. So like it is, it's hard because like it's one of those moments where like, I guess it raises the question of is Roseanne, Connor and Barr the same person or, sure. you know, it, that kind of thing. Because yeah, it does make sense. It, it's hard because there there's a scene in the original Roseanne that I always think about when I think of season 10 and that's why I partially don't enjoy it as much mm-hmm. is when a politician comes to Roseanne's house and is like trying to convince her like, you know, we're going to raise, you know, we're going to make people not pay taxes so it can bring jobs in and stuff like that. And like, she literally like w- runs around him and like, hasn't figured out. And she's like, okay, so I'm paying the taxes. Like, how I does that help that. me? Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, is your husband home? And then she just like shoes him away. And then it's like, yeah. It's so good, but it's, yeah, and it's like you can't, it is, it's almost impossible to separate actor from the character in this case because Roseanne, the character, is so much of who Roseanne Mm -hmm. as a real person is, you know? Which, yeah, which is so frustrating because, like, I think they did have good intention of trying to, like, address, like, the Hillary versus Trump feuds that were happening Mm -hmm. around that time from families. Sure. But just the way it went, because I think it ended up, if I remember right, like, Roseanne was like, I'm sorry that you were wrong, Jackie. And yeah. like Jackie's like, I know. And I'm like, yes, yeah. okay, sure. It's like but the anyway. best that they do is like an agree to disagree kind of thing, which, and it's like, the yeah. thing is, I think that there is, there would have been room for a show like Roseanne to deal with the, the bizarre yes. state of politics at the time. And I think that given the way that Roseanne very realistically dealt with that kind of stuff back in its heyday, it could have been a show that did that. Like what if a fam like there are people that I know personally who are very progressive mm-hmm. that just slipped into like the far right, just because the propaganda is that good. And just the way that the yeah. world is right now, it's, it's, I, yeah. it's, 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 it's much easier to, than you would expect. So like, I think that it, it could be a thing that I could see happening to the character 
character and you could find some nuance yeah. in how, how other characters deal with that. And you can mine comedy out of that too. Like, I think that that is the thing that actually honestly would have been like a net positive for the world. Mm-hmm. If it was done well, like being able to sort of have those conversations, you know, but, um, Obviously, like Roseanne had a lot of creative control and she had a very particular agenda going into it. (laughs) She did. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing my thing with Roseanne, too, is that like it's it's so it's so wild when you like see some of just like the totally batshit stuff that she's said. And it's just like, how did this happen? How does a person go that far off the deep end? And like easy answer is like being rich makes you crazy. Like, I think that's probably a major part of it. But I do think that there's a really I think that there is a line that you could draw. This is too big of a conversation to have for this podcast. Right, 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 right. There's a line that you can draw between from like where she was as a progressive in the nineties where kind of the whole thing was like pushing back against conservative media and like telling it like it is in a way that wasn't said ever before. Like I'm going to talk Mm -hmm. about these important things that you never talk about. And then I think by the time that like sort of far right Trumpism rolls around a lot of what the right was doing was like, well, we're being censored because you don't want us to say our hate speech, basically. Because, like, right. progressivism, like, where where a lot of progressive stuff and leftist stuff was, like, sort of has moved, has been sort of, mm-hmm. like, look at the harm that representation and language can do and, like, the ripple effects that can have that negatively impact society. So if you're, like, a comedian whose whole shtick is just sort of, like, I mm-hmm. am saying what people don't like to hear. Like I'm saying what you're all thinking. You don't want to hear it. Like then if you're in Roseanne's shoes, I guess from her perspective, like feeling like she's being told that she's not allowed to say stuff, then she's like, well, this is my way of pushing back. And yeah, that's, that's kind of what Trump's whole deal was with that. It's just like, I'm just going to say the awful shit that uh, people find funny and they want me to say. So like, I can sort of see how she like maybe would sort of slide into that. It just sucks mm-hmm. because obviously it seemed like yeah. she was smarter than that for the longest time, you know? But again, getting older and being rich, I think that just like fucks with your head. <laughs> yeah. And also she has had a very publicized history of mental illness, especially with, uh, I believe she has talked about her dissociative identity disorder. So sure. Yeah. I think there's some stuff with that too, but yeah, it was very disappointing to see that. And like, yeah. Yeah. It's, but anyway. Yeah. And it's just it's just wild because you don't usually see that kind of stuff so heavily impacting a show mm-hmm. and having it sort of ripple back onto the sh- onto sh- the show that happened 30 years before it, you know. Yeah. She did famously get fired from from uh the revived series because mm-hmm. of like a racist tweet that she had mm-hmm. and that 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 really I think was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back ultimately and just gave ABC a reason to actually axe her. Yeah. And was retooled as the Connors like we mentioned which is sort of like living in the premise of this episode of what if you did Roseanne yep. without Roseanne. Yep. That's what I was thinking about. <laughs> so fascinating. <laughs> it is. Yes. It really is. Yeah. This is certainly not the weirdest, most gimmicky episode of Roseanne that you could find, but right. the real world context for this one just like makes it so much more endlessly interesting than, than you would ever expect it to be. <laughs> yeah. Like as much as we love Rosanbo where she, you know, takes on terrorists on a train <laughs> and somehow manages to stop them. Yeah. Like I think yeah. this one definitely shows like 
it's more of that subtle nuance and like seeing how they perceive it. So yeah, that's why I actually picked, suggested this one. Cause I was like mm-hmm. a lot of reflections in this. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you did. I would definitely love to do other episodes of Roseanne, like the other, the weirder ones. I really love oh, the yeah, other one I from the season. I really love the other one from the season where like, she like mm-hmm. just wants to take a bath and then has a whole like Broadway dream about like killing her children or whatever. Yes. Like, yes fucking yes, Gonzo. Yes. I love it. Mm-hmm, um, but, but I'm glad mm-hmm. you picked this one because it is just such an, interesting piece of history that has such a such an interesting ripple effect yes yeah so uh let's uh let's start digging into it a little more If you'd like to watch along with us, this episode is streaming on Peacock. The episode we're talking about, An Officer and a Gentleman. Uh, The synopsis per IMDb is, Jackie plays happy homemaker with Dan and the kids when Roseanne is called away for three days for a family emergency. The original air date was January 23rd, 1990. It was written by Danny Jacobson and Norma Safford Vela. Jacobson created a number of sitcoms, including Mad About You and Two Guys, a Girl, and a Pizza Place, and also developed The Odd Couple remake in 2015. And Safford Vela was a co-producer on Roseanne and also produced mm-hmm. and wrote on Designing Women, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, The Jersey, and What I Like About You. Mm-hmm. This episode was directed by John Pasquin. Uh, he directed a number of episodes of this show and directed uh, a bunch of the revival uh, season of Roseanne in 2018. Mm-hmm. He's also directed a ton of other sitcoms over the years, and he directed the films The Santa Claus, <laughs> Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> And Miss Congeniality 2, Armed and Fabulous. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Always interesting where these connections lie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this episode opens up one of two scenes that we get with Roseanne at the very beginning. It's just mm-hmm. given us the premise. Uh, Roseanne is on her way out to stay with her mom because her father fell mm-hmm. and broke his hip. How's dad? Well, he might have broken his hip. Mom's taking him to the hospital. Ten to one, she pushed him. I'll cut it out. Roseanne, I think I should go down there with you. No, Mom's tense enough already. Like, I am going to make her more tense. She is the one that makes me more tense. And you know how she is in a crisis. She can't handle a crisis. I can handle a crisis. She's leaving. She doesn't... She doesn't want Jackie to come because mom is tense enough as it is, but also because Dan is working 12 hour days. So, you know, she needs she needs Jackie to be on monster patrol for the kids. Yeah, I I love that line where it was like uh, she was like, wait, does mom think I'm going to make her more tense? Because really, mom makes me more tense. (laughs) It's like even (laughs) even when uh, Bev, played by the loveliest Del Parsons, is not in the episode like Jackie finds way to ju- ways to just dig in at her constantly and I just <laughs> yeah. I love that dynamic but yeah yeah I love that the presence is felt and and I just love that like this whole thing is just Roseanne having absolutely zero faith in Jackie like whatsoever there's stuff in here for breakfast and stuff in here for making the lunch so basically the food is in the refrigerator <laughs> right are you going to be able to handle yes, this? Yes, yes, no problem. I make them breakfast, I make them lunch. Why don't you just help with breakfast and I'll give them some money and they can buy their own lunch. Dan, I think making 
three sandwiches is within my scope of accomplishment, really. <laughs> Just like oh, describing yeah. how a refrigerator works and that it stores food. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so the food is in here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because at that point, too, Jackie is a police officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that and happened like, like this season, right? Like, wasn't that yeah. a thing that had just happened? Yep. Yeah, because yeah. they, uh, yeah, because they quit the plastics factory, and so Jackie just decides to become a cop, and you know, it's interesting stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad she doesn't stay a cop forever. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> but it lends a uh, a nice pun for the episode title. So <laughs> mm-hmm. it does. Yes. So we'll allow it this officer. time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So we get our first glimpse of how Jackie's uh, operating as the Roseanne of this episode. Mm-hmm. She and the kids are at breakfast. Roseanne is like on the phone, but I think tellingly, like they never cut away to her or anything. So yeah. they're still limiting how much they show Roseanne. They learn that she's actually going to be gone the whole week. Mm-hmm. And this is pretty much just like Jackie just dealing with the kids that are constantly yelling at each other and fighting each other. DJ, you're so insignificant. I'm going to tell Bonnie, curse! Oh, Mom? Put that on. That's not clean. No, but it's dry. So, you get going now. Go to school. Go go learn something. Pass a note. All DJ ever does is scream constantly, everything, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah, he does. God, God bless Michael Fishman. Yeah, I mean... I don't blame him at all. Like, and he's a fine actor once he grew up and everything, but Mm -hmm. I don't know what their direction was for him when he was a child. It was just like, scream every line, no matter what you're saying as loud as possible constantly, which Mm -hmm. isn't unrealistic, I guess, to like boys, his age, but yeah, (laughs) there's not really much else to him. (laughs) Exactly. I did want, so I've got my notes right here. And like one of the things, did you catch like that? It extremely like, coded dirty joke that happened on the phone no i don't think so okay so there was like something when like she was talking about making dinner to roseanne on the phone because like the kids were leaving tell mom hi and oh uh what does dan like to eat that's disgusting (laughs) and she was like well yeah what does dan like to eat and then like you you get a pause and then yeah and then jackie's like that's disgusting and like in my notes oh my god yeah, in my notes, I'm like, I know, in capital letters, I know Roseanne did not make a eating something joke. I don't know if I can say that on, on here or not. Um, <laughs> say whatever you want. That's fine. Mark, no, I was like, I mark just, them all explicit. <laughs> that's fair. The fact that, like, they wrote in and snuck in a eating pussy joke, like, that just really, like, I, I stopped oh. what I was doing when I realized it. I was like, wait, what? I That didn't even occur to me. That's where my mind went, and I'm assuming that's what it was. But. And I think Dan as a character would. I think that he would. He Dan, would. Oh he yeah, Dan. <laughs> Dan Connor would eat pussy. Like yeah, Dan Connor would, would eat pussy. He would I treat think, you right. I think in real life, John Goodman does too. He seems oh, like yeah, that no. kind of guy. Yeah. He, yeah. Dan, like Dan, John, whoever you want to identify them as, like they definitely are the type of person that they are not a selfish lover. I could yeah, see that, and I think that's absolutely. why so many gay men navigate to John Goodman and Dan Connor. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, he is a stud in this show. Mm -hmm. I mean, in general, but especially in this show (laughs) at all times. (laughs) Yeah. You can 100% get it. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, so I thought that was just really funny when I caught that, and I was like, I wonder if Derek caught that. <laughs> nope. Oh, that is fantastic. I love exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, shit, it is. <laughs> yeah, but it is interesting once like Jackie gets started, like she's like super nervous and like you know she's kind of just mm-hmm. she's doing okay, but then uh, Crystal comes over, right? <laughs> yeah, I I never liked Crystal very much, and I, I don't always... <laughs> know why she just always rubbed me the wrong way. I'm not trying to say anything. Well, it sounds like you are. I'm tired of everybody thinking I can't handle everything. I might not do everything exactly the way Roseanne would do it if Roseanne was here, or the way that you would do it if you were here. But I think I can handle three kids for three days. Why do you always take everything I say the wrong way? Well, maybe everything you say comes out the wrong way. And what way's that? Oh, you know, in that proper, polite, annoying, crystal kind of way. <laughs> and what's with the accent? You grew up in Lanford, just like we did. My father came from Arkansas. Well, yeah, because her father came from Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate that. It's like, to call it out. Like, what's with the accent? You grew up in land yes. like we did. <laughs> Why are yes. you the only one here with an accent? <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, and I always forget that Crystal's a part of the show. And, like, she was a major, major part yeah. of the show, even more so to the point where they brought her back for the revival. Like... Yeah, and it definitely was interesting though because I think they used her as a really good way to like continue showing that doubt everybody has on Jackie. Yeah, which really does drive that narrative for her in the episode um, that she yeah. does have. So I thought that was interesting how they they were able to use Crystal in that way, which is actually probably one of my better uses of Crystal in the show. Oh no, I agree. I think that they do because she's only in this one scene, and but her presence is like kind of felt for like a couple of scenes after that because it is very much like she is the more put put together housewife that like Jackie would want to be. And so yeah. like having her kind of come in and just be like, So how you doing? I just, you know, want to check up and Jackie's just like, What what why do you think I can't do this? Come on. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah. they even like they like straight up argue about it. And like Jackie does kind of admit that like it, it is stressful or whatever. Um, and so yeah. she does end up getting like help from crystal. But I think that is like, kind of like you said, that's sort of like the driving force of just being like, you know what? People think that I can't do this. So I'm going to like try extra hard and like totally kill it. <laughs> and then she does. <laughs> yeah, she does. Which I think a lot of times Jackie as a character, um, even more so lately in like the Connors I've noticed, um, they write her off as this like, kooky and like she can't do anything right kind of lost and aimless Mm -hmm. but like it's really good to see in this episode like to see jackie get something and do it right yeah yeah no for real yes because like the next time we see her after this like it's dan dan coming home very late after one Mm -hmm. of those 12-hour shifts and it's Mm -hmm. jackie just like legit playing housewife and doing fantastic (laughs) yes i don't believe you jackie i've never seen you like this before like what well, you know. I mean, did you clean this place? Yeah. Well, I had a lot of help. The girls really pitched in. <laughs> this is some 14 Delaware Street? Yeah. My girls? Yeah. Where are they now? Um, everybody's upstairs doing their homework. <laughs> sucker. Well, they cleaned up without complaining. How'd you get them to do that? Cash. It was so it was so interesting seeing that because like and I, I kind of noted this throughout the episode we talked about a little bit earlier, but like in this episode, like Dan is talking about all these successes and all these wins that he gets. And like, he's like, oh yeah, things are going really well. And like Jackie's really encouraging him and like, you know, being really supportive, which Roseanne was a supportive wife as well. But like, it was just interesting because it felt like so much was going well in this episode for the family, even though historically and canonically, like so much goes wrong for the family all the time. Yeah. When it doesn't feel, and it doesn't feel like, 
it doesn't feel false, right? Like it feels right. like it's just it feels like everybody just kind of has an optimistic attitude in a way that they n- don't usually have that. Yeah. Like nobody's really like sar- making like sarcastic remarks or like self-deprecating jokes about their wins. It's just like yeah, things are going pretty good. It's cool. I'm yeah. fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah. And like, I just, I, I love all these little bits of like Dan just being like progressively more and more shocked at like everything that Jackie's doing. Right. Yeah. Like he got, we got the girls to clean the place and they're doing their homework. And I even bribed him yeah. and guilt tripped him. And Dan's just like, hell yeah, man, you're killing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really funny because like you see him react and like, um, I think the one thing I really loved was, <laughs> and I have this in my notes, was after he eats the dinner and he's like, well, now the only perfect thing that would make this is applesauce. And like he goes <laughs> to the fridge and there's no applesauce. And then Jackie like holds it next to him as he opens the fridge and she, and he's just like, you know, I may have to upgrade you from sister-in-law to friend. <laughs> oh, Dan, that's really sweet. I just want you to know, I really appreciate you coming over and helping out like this. You know, I like you like this. What? You know, nice. I know it's like like a funny joke, but it's also like really sweet, actually. Yeah. The first instance of him just like just being nice to Jackie and he's just yeah. nice to her the, the rest of the episode. Yeah. Cause for, <laughs> and for most of the series up to that point, like Dan tolerated her and like would make jokes at her expense, even in the next episode after this. Cause I let it stream after I watched it again tonight, mm-hmm. Like he's back to talking about like, Oh, you're here. Why don't you leave? And like, you know, they kind of get that, but it really does build that relationship that they have. And you continue to see bits of that later in the series. Like when Dan goes to prison because he stands up for Jackie by beating her abusive boyfriend, mm-hmm. like yeah. or not prison jail, but yeah, like, it, it's really nice to see them like lay the groundwork because John and Lori just play off each other so well. Oh my God. They like, have such good chemistry in, in this do, episode yeah. and in general. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, it, it is a thing that elevates it from, especially by the, by the time you get to the end of this episode, it's the thing that really elevates it from like your very typical sitcom dynamic of like, wow, I hate my in-laws. Like that's such a basic thing. And like, it's totally fine. Like that's a real thing, but mm-hmm. it elevates it from just being that to being like, no, you know, he, she is a anno- she is annoying to him, but like he still sees her and like loves her at the same time, you know? Yeah. 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 And we see that a little bit more later in the episode too. Exactly. I just really love too how like the leave it to beaver reference they do in this episode. Thanks. See you later, honey. Okay, dear. <laughs> but you call be real late will do darlene becky dj breakfast is ready i made french toast <laughs> okay everybody time for school here we go front and center chop chop <laughs> yeah because like the weird thing about this episode too is that the kids behave for jackie yeah like well, they do I... it really like jackie does really good for her <laughs> Well, I, I think it's like, I think that that makes sense though, because I feel like I remember my experiences as a kid of like, yeah. when you're around like the, I, you know, whether it's the cool honor uncle or like the cool kind of yeah. babysitter, that's like what anyone that isn't your parents, but that isn't also like, you know, an uptight babysitter or whatever. Like it just, yeah. you like, you almost respect them more as an adult mm-hmm. than you do your parents because yeah. like you're not seeing them as an, as an authority figure. You're almost seeing them a little more as a peer, but yeah. a peer that's also kind of like a mentor figure a little bit. It's just mm-hmm. like, 
Jackie's there and she's not gonna like they're not afraid of Jackie like they're afraid of Roseanne first of all like anyone's kind yeah. of afraid of, of talking you know having real talk with their parents and then it's just like Jackie is also just kind of like just cool with them. Like she even is like when, when Becky like uh, is asking her about her outfit and it's just like, mom thinks it's too sexy. And Jackie's just straight up like, well, mom's not here. That's fine. Exactly. I think it looks great. (laughs) Which is, it's funny that that's the outfit that Roseanne thinks is too sexy when it's just like a dress turtleneck that covers literally everything. (laughs) Yeah. There's nothing sexy about that dress. It is not a sexy outfit whatsoever. It's cute. Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. And I just, yeah, it's just really cool seeing that, like seeing that dynamic and seeing the kids get along with each other. Cause usually when the kids are getting along, it's because they're like scheming against Roseanne. But like, this is just, Mm -hmm. you see that the kids love each other at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's just really chill. Oh, oh, also, one thing I forgot from the scene before it, I also yeah. love the applesauce with Jackie, just like mm-hmm. casual, like Dan can't open it, and then Jackie, he just hands it to her, and she just casually opens it for him, and like, they yeah, don't even make yeah. a joke about it. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. She thinks <laughs> of everything, so. But, but yeah, with this breakfast scene, they, they, once, like, Jackie starts being good at the housewife stuff, like, mm-hmm. they even, like, dress her in, like, a bright floral shirt and, like, this old school, mm-hmm. like, apron. Um, yeah, with the heart. She, <laughs> with the hearts and everything. And she's, she, it's funny because she starts off humming the Leave it to Beaver song to herself while yep. she's cooking, which is a yep. funny enough little reference. And then, like, they elevate it to, by the end of the scene, it is a direct parody of the Leave it to Beaver opening with the actual mm-hmm. theme song and the kids all, like, taking their lunch and saying goodbye and leaving. Like, it's so good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really is. And it's made even funnier later on because June Cleaver herself guest starred on the show with several other significant sitcom mothers that were trying to like judge Roseanne for what she was doing. So yeah, I remember that yeah, one. So it's yeah. And don't they also yeah, do so in, like a Leave It to Beaver parody, like black and white parody later on too? Oh yeah, yeah. They do. They've done so many sitcom callbacks. They do. They did like Bewitched, Mary Tyler Moore. They did a whole episode dedicated to Gilligan's Island, like. <laughs> Like Roseanne does a really good job, I think, with these sitcom references because it shows a lot of love and respect for the shows that came before it. Yeah, for sure. Because they they could have very easily made fun of it and like been very like, oh, these shows are crap because they're wholesome. But like instead, it's more like a respect. For sure. Um, I also like the bit with Jackie like teaching Becky how to flirt with a look. <laughs> Jaybird, you're an experienced woman, right? Well, I'm not all that experienced. But you have dated a lot of boys. Yes, and a couple of men. Well, there's one. Okay, this guy Roy in my English class, he's a major babe. Yeah. And I know that he likes me, but he doesn't know that I like him. And I don't want to do anything weak like write him a note or have someone else tell him something, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, what always worked for me was a look. Because the great thing about a look is you can never say the wrong thing. (laughs) Brilliant! The look that Jackie gives makes sense, but the way that Becky tries to imitate it is so... She gets it so wrong. It's so funny. I just love that line, too. It's like, you can't say anything wrong with a look. And I'm like, okay, so Jackie basically invented gay cruising, I guess? I'm you know what? She could do it. She could do it. I believe it. Oh, yeah. She could Jackie do could it. cruise. I, I believe it. She could pull it, it off. Yeah, she could. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh man. It's good shit. It's good shit. It is. Yeah. Actually, you know, it's wild because like there's only like 
one and a half scenes left after this. Like yeah. this episode doesn't have much to it. It really, yeah. I mean, a lot of Ozan episodes are kind of like that. It's just like slice of life, you know, kind yeah. of stuff, which is a few scenes of just characters talking to each other. Exactly. But it is kind of wild how they kind of get this whole arc out of just yeah. very brief interactions with everybody. Mm-hmm. Because the next thing is, uh, is, is basically the last scene of the episode before the yeah. credits, but it's a very, very long and very dense scene. Yes. Oh, Cause yes. It, this is just strictly with, uh, Dan and Jackie. And this mm-hmm. is, uh, the night that Dan, that night Dan comes home from work. They first start, you know, there's like a little bit, they're like washing dishes together and he's joking like, Never washed dishes with another woman before. Really? <laughs> How's it feel? Cheap. <laughs> so this is what marriage is all about. Come home from work, have dinner with your spouse, wash the dishes together, shoot the breeze, go to sleep. Glamorizing it. Well, I think it would be really comforting to have somebody to talk to when you come home, or, or at least have somebody be there when you come home. They're playing, you know, they're playing the jokes. They're playing, they're playing the like I'm with another woman kind of jokes yeah. in general. But it really becomes something really, really fascinating and really interesting as, as it mm-hmm. goes along. Yeah, it does, and it really like as that conversation goes on and like Dan asks Jackie to like talk about, you know, who she's dating and like, it becomes that really sweet moment where he is like, you know, you deserve someone better. You deserve better guys like that. And then Jack and like the chemistry and like the sexual tension is very real. Yeah. Yeah. There are spark. There are sparks in this scene, like hard. And like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And like on top of that, like Jackie's like, well, I can't find a perfect guy like you. Hey Jack, you got to lay down a lot of these guys. I mean, you shouldn't be treated like that. That's the way guys are, Dan. Sure or not. Not all of them. I'm not like that. Well, then I guess I should go out and find the perfect guy like you. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. (laughs) I should have grabbed you when I first saw you. No chance. No? What? Meet date a freshman? (laughs) Are you kidding? No. I know, I know. And she's like very wistfully kind of talking about like how nice married life like this must be. And it's like, oh, you get to come home and talk to someone and everything. And it's like, it's, it's interesting because it's like on one hand, it's like two, two like family members connecting with each other. Right. Like in the way where it's just, she can very freely and openly talk about her Mm -hmm. sort of like experiences and her sort of. And, you know, what she's lacking in life and what she's missing in life compared to, you know, what Dan has. And it's Mm -hmm. just like there's just a real humanity to that kind of conversation where they're both honestly being very, like, vulnerable to each other in a way that with these two characters, I don't know that we've ever seen them be vulnerable vulnerable with each other. It's just like, I really wish I could have a life like you do. And Dan's like, I don't know. It's not really all it's cracked up to be, actually. And you deserve better. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah, and it's really good, and it it really sparks that conversation too, where like Jackie realizes that she's embarrassed him, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, you're embarrassed." I bet that you don't remember the first time we met. I do. So do I. No, you don't. Okay, I don't. But I was kind enough to let my sister have you. Kind? Mm-hmm. Is that the word you yes. use, kind? Yes, I stepped aside and I held back all my budding teenage passions. <sighs> you are so funny. What? I embarrassed you. You didn't embarrass me. You know, 
You didn't embarrass me. You know, I used to have a crush on you in a big way back then. Yeah, you did? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought you were pretty cute. You want a beer? Now I am embarrassing you. No, you're not embarrassing me. Hell, I thought you were cute, too. You hated me. Yeah, I hated you, but I thought you were cute. <laughs> John Goodman plays that so well like all the weird oh, yeah. little like ticks and and hand movements of business that he has with him just like yeah messing with his beer and st- i mean he's always good about that in this show like I, right. I i feel like that's a thing that he always did really well of just finding things to do while he's having a conversation that like feels natural mm-hmm. and just feels like a thing that yeah. like a nervous person would do or someone who's thinking would do or whatever yeah. and it really shows in the scene because it is just sort of like it almost feels like like him flirting with a girl that he likes, you know, even though we know that it's, we know that nothing is going to happen here and we know that he's not actually like really authentically feeling those feelings, but he's still like kind of treating it. Like it's still coming through like that because he is embarrassed when the sort of compliments start coming out. Yeah. And then Jackie also does her thing where she, where he compliments her and then she liked, tries to be like what do you mean what do you mean like her being defensive yeah she just like assumes it's sarcasm it's like no no i'm complimenting you it's fine yeah and it's definitely like i don't know i think i've been in that situation too where you like talk to someone and like that tension is there and it's kind of like that what if or like you know Mm -hmm. what if there was something and so this episode hits me hard because it's like i've been kind of in those shoes before and um like you can definitely tell that like there's that brief moment where they both realize like oh yeah. Oh, and then Jack, and then Jackie's like, I gotta go. Well, there's again this conversation of like Jackie even basically is sort of like, you know, um, I had, you know, I had a crush on you when we first met yeah. and I bet you don't even remember when we first met, but I, I really had this crush on you and I thought you were so cute. And I basically just let my sister, let my sister have you. And that's kind of what gets him like super embarrassed. And yeah. like, for, and it's very clear, like it's, I feel like it's 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 a major character point with Jackie that she always has like confidence issues. She does not like she does not yeah. believe in herself really. So of course mm-hmm. she's just going to assume like, well, yeah, you know, you were this like perfect guy who I could never have. My sister was always going to have you. I was never in your league to begin with. And that's just a thing yeah. that she's always assumed. But from Dan's point of view, like he clearly didn't even know that she ever felt that way about him, period, ever at all. And I think that exactly like really kind of like shocks him a lot in this scene. Yeah. And I think it's definitely that that idea of the what like the what if and you can I think you can definitely tell with both of them as that conversation continues further, Mm -hmm. like both like just the way like you mentioned John himself, but also Laurie like does those subtle nuances and like nods and like facial expressions and nonverbals. You can tell that in those characters' minds, they're thinking like about what could have been. Yeah, well, because like once once they really get into it, then you know Dan pays her a lot of compliments, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, you're uh-huh. funny, and you're smart, and you're good looking, and everything." And she's like, "Wait, you like you like like I thought I like got on your nerves." And he's like, "No, I I did hate you when we were teenagers. I still thought you were cute." And then yeah. it's just like, I, yeah, and, I, and you still got on my nerves now, which, you know, kind of implies like, yeah, she got on his nerves when they were teenagers, but he thought she was cute. She gets on his nerves now. He probably still thinks she's cute. Like, yeah. <laughs> that probably yeah. hasn't stopped. <laughs> yeah. And like, Laurie Metcalf, pretty hot. So <laughs> I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And she just does so well. Like, 
Oh my gosh. I, yeah. I just well, am so yeah. grateful that her and John were on the show because they just, they brought this nuance and level to it. Yeah. I mean, that you, no, that you wouldn't for sure. get for sure. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're so good and they're really good in this like last bit of the scene, which is just mm-hmm. so, so powerful and so poignant. There's all these sparks happening. There's clear chemistry. Like, again, you're watching and you kind of know that, like, they're not, this isn't going to, they're not going to kiss or something. Like, it is, this isn't that kind of sitcom. But, like, the sparks are right. very clearly there, right? Um, mm-hmm. And then they get a call and Ro- it's Roseanne calling just to check in and everything. And and Jackie's just like, all right, well, I should go. <laughs> this isn't, this is feeling yeah. weird now. But while she's leaving, like Dan sort of like scrambles and puts Roseanne on hold to stop Jackie from leaving. And then it's like, wait, hold on. And then he gives this like really beautiful monologue. Hang on, Roseanne. Jackie leaving? Yeah. You tell her hi and I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Hey, Jackie. We just lost the poly high game 27 to 14. You were standing on the northeast corner of the football field with that red-headed girl, and she had on an orange sweater, and you had on a gray hooded sweatshirt. <sighs> Jack, drive careful. Thank you. It's describing mm-hmm. in like incredible detail the first time he saw her, which Jackie thought that he like just assumed that he wouldn't ever remember. And like the way that they play it, like he just stops. She like freezes in place while she's in the middle of putting on her coat. And then the camera just like zooms in on her face while she's listening Mm -hmm. to him deliver this like beautiful little monologue. That's just like, again, super detailed, like exactly what she was wearing and what she looked like mm-hmm. at the time when he first saw her, which is only a thing that happens when like someone makes a real impact on you, you know? Yeah. And it's just like a really nice moment. And, you know, it's like, there's sort of that vibe of like the, what if, like maybe this could have actually worked and we could have been a couple and we could have, this could have, we could have had a whole life together, but even if mm-hmm. it isn't, it's still like a moment of Dan, like showing, Jackie that like no I saw you and I see you like you are you Mm -hmm. you would have been worth my love and you are worth like you are worth like you do you do deserve more like you are worth it which is really beautiful Mm -hmm. yeah no it really is it's a it's a really it's a really like kind of nice nice end to that little story um and then we just get you know one one little end credits tag where Roseanne shows up with a new haircut um you know Mm -hmm. and all the kids are like screaming and then eventually they hug her because she's they're happy she's back or whatever. Yeah. They love each other. But all while like Jackie is just like watching from the next room. <laughs> like she yeah. isn't, she isn't in on the group hug. She's just kind of yeah. watching this happen from the side. Yeah. It's and that's, and like Roseanne also, she sees that too. Like there's that moment when she like looks up and looks at Jackie and Jackie kind of mm-hmm. like nods at her. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's definitely like, and I, I think this, I think in the long term of the show, this episode is definitely formative in Jackie's character because she always wants that. She wants the family. She wants, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things. And she does eventually get some of that in the show later on. Mm-hmm. But some of it works and some of it doesn't, unfortunately. Sure. For Jackie. Well, but, and, you know, yeah. and if, yeah. And if you want to kind of read it on like the, in the meta way of the sort of like, can we do Roseanne without Roseanne? I feel like it's yeah. the end of the episode. It's sort of reckoning with like i guess we can't because ja- and jackie's just sort of like watching that and realizing it's just sort of like I, i'm never going to permanently be able to be roseanne like 
there was there is a what if scenario where maybe it could have happened. There could have been a version of the sitcom where it's Jackie and Dan. Yeah, and that's that's the version of the Connors. Um, but obviously, that's like not that's mm-hmm. not going to happen and is never going to. Right. Uh, nobody can replace Roseanne. <laughs> She'll always be. Here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> She will until she's not (laughs) until she's not. But, you know, I think it's a it was a it was a good choice that once uh, once she did, you know, once she was fired, it's not like they just immediately hooked up Dan and Jackie. Like, oh, yeah, they like I think that would have been a bad choice. Like it it wouldn't it wouldn't make sense. You know, it wouldn't have not at that point. And like and they and they do a really good job on the Connors anyway of like Dan's journey to marrying uh, Katie Seagal's character. Like. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a slow burn romance for sure, and that like makes sense. that's yeah, and like it takes him a long time to even want to date her, and like they even make that a central conflict of like she understands and she's trying to like meet him halfway, but he has to make an attempt, and so she actually leaves right. him for a bit because of that, and like it it's it just shows that like even though the Connors is able to be successful about Roseanne, and you know Darlene steps up in that show and becomes the new Roseanne in a way mm-hmm. um, they do a really good job of like still letting her presence be known and be felt, sure. but not like shoehorning it in. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even, I mean, even in this episode where she isn't around, like it is, there's is still kind of always that, that sort of specter of like, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's, there's probably, there's like trashier sitcoms that would have made a whole soap opera type plot of like Jackie hooking oh, up yeah. with Dan or something. Yeah. They would have done that. But, and I'm glad that obviously the show like didn't like never, you know, stoop that level or anything. Uh-huh. But, but I think the fact of sort of acknowledging that, like, that is a thing though. Like there is chemistry and we're going to grapple with it and we're going to recognize it. And yeah. there is a world in which th- that could exist in which like this was possible. This is, this just isn't the world that we exist in right now. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a good episode. I get honestly really like, really teary eyed at Dan's monologue at the end, which yeah. Jackie at the end, just because it's just like I do it, it it feels very meaningful just to yeah I don't know just have someone just being like no I recognize you and you made an impact on me even if like neither of us necessarily realized it at the time. I think yeah. that's really powerful. Yeah, I'm but, just like I just I just want somebody like that. <laughs> I know, right? Oh God, I Please. want someone to just describe in detail the first time they saw me and how beautiful exactly. I looked to them, everything exactly. that I was wearing and how I was standing and where yeah. I was standing. Exactly. All <laughs> all the while enjoying my pot roast and milk. <laughs> sure, I'll take the French toast. the The dry ass French toast that they don't even put syrup on that annoyed me. Like <laughs> powdered sugar is good and everything. Like I don't. I'm not super mad at eating like French toast without syrup, but. I wouldn't choose that for myself. <laughs> I mean, that's not even French toast. That's cinnamon toast at that point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You can't even call it French toast at that point. Well, any oh, other goodness. closing thoughts or anything about this episode? I mean, I think it's just, it really goes to show that Roseanne in general had a good cast overall. Like even sure. with the kid actors, like, yes, Michael Fishman does a lot of screaming, but like it just shows that like the lightning in a bottle they caught with some of these cast members. And I think it also is just kind of eerie watching this episode and knowing eventually what's going to happen later on with her character being written off, but also like how they write her off. And I think it's, it's just interesting. And I think it's, it also like, as we think about like how good this cast was, it makes me sad that like a lot of the cast members did not get to go on and have those like amazing careers after the show. Yeah. 
And yeah. like, you know, obviously John and Roseanne, like, even Roseanne after the show was over with, she didn't really mm-hmm. get to do much after that. Like, no, John and Lori did, but really yeah. like the rest of the cast, even though they were all great, they just didn't for whatever reason get to do too much. Like they had yeah. you know, guest bits and things like that. But yeah, it's yeah, it's like, it's hard for child actors, like, you know, breaking in once they've grown up, when they grow up on a show. And obviously like Roseanne mm-hmm. was like notoriously hard to work with and everything. So like, I guess like it yeah. makes sense that, yeah, it makes sense that John and Lori were like the two breakouts from it ultimately. Um, but yeah. It, yeah, it is a bummer. Cause it, it is a very, it's like a stat cast. Everybody is good on this show. Yeah. yeah, which which is definitely like one of the things I like about the Connors is because it took them a while to get back into it. Like when the kid actors came back as adults, mm. um, which fun, fun fact, when Michael Fishman returned for Roseanne season 10, he actually took acting lessons because he hadn't acted for so long. Oh, wow. Good for yeah, him. Like he, I like mean, he, he's he better ta- he than when he was <laughs> way better than yeah. when he was a child. <laughs> yeah, he like openly talked about that in some interviews, I remember, because he was like, yeah, I hadn't acted in so long that like I needed to take acting lessons because I was so worried about not being a good actor anymore. That's so um, funny. Yeah, it is. But yeah, I think overall it's a good episode. It really, like you said, it's not like a gimmick episode in a traditional sense, but at the same time, like it does things so differently and it feels so different that it's just, Mm -hmm. it's really interesting television. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so Mm -hmm. much for talking about it with me. Yeah. uh, People want to find you and everything you're working on. Where's the best place they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me on a few places. Um, You can find me on Twitter at BridgeMT3, uh, where I am frequently you know dishing out hot takes about multi multicolored heroes and spandex in particular <laughs> um speaking of which you can also find me on may the power protect you the power ranger podcast for everybody um which can be found on most major uh podcast platforms and you can also find us on twitter on at may the power pod uh Derek has actually been on there with us before with me and Joel. We've had great times. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to learn more about that, it's always a good time to listen to. If you want, and, you know, I enjoy it. So, and you can find me on Twitch at Bridge of Tea, but I don't stream that often. So, <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks again. You can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale or on my other podcasts, Wallaby Web Snappers, a Spider Man podcast, which does deep dives into every Spider Man cartoon ever made and following with style an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, which is a monthly podcast that dives into every Pixar film chronologically. You can also follow this podcast at gimmicks pod on Twitter and Instagram for some extra goodies and email me your questions, feedback and corrections to gimmickspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate review and subscribe to this podcast on all podcast platforms. And until next time, friends keep being weird. That's disgusting. <laughs>